Live from WSC, I'm Brady Fitzgerald, and this is The Countdown. Tonight, we discuss the Gamecocks' trip to Tennessee last Saturday, and we see and we see where the team goes from here. Then, we discuss next week's homecoming matchup versus Vanderbilt, and we discuss how this could be our first in-conference win of the season. Plus, we take a look into all Columbia sports all around campus and give love to everyone over campus. With a special event tonight at 6.50, we'll see where four-star tight end Oscar Delp see if he joins the Shane train. All that and more coming up on The Countdown. How's it going? As I said at the top, I'm Brady Fitzgerald, joined here by... G-Money Dog, homie bro, Jay. Dog's in the house. So, Jay, before we get started, I think our splitter is broken. It is. You know, it's that cheap old uh, Fujitsu kind of mm-hmm. stuff going on here. Yeah, our headphone splitter last week when I, or the past couple weeks when I haven't been able to hear Riley, um, I, I thought it was my headphones, so I didn't even bring them today. And well, it's all good, dog. We, we, we're yeah, we we're no limit soldiers. Yeah, we'll figure yeah, it we out. Rally. We'll figure it yep. out. But hopefully next week we'll both be, uh, no one's going to be deaf. That's so, right. Anyways, uh, coming in last Saturday, where do you want to start? I mean, there's a. Uh, I was there. You were. I were. I was, and uh, so was our producer Riley Hudson. His uh, his dad. Shout out to his dad for getting us these awesome tickets. They were right in Tennessee territory, but <clears throat> we had a good time there. Everyone was nice. The Gamecocks did not look great, but the atmosphere was good. I have to say something. Yeah. Gamecock Nation, pay attention. I'm not always right, but sometimes I'm pretty gosh darn close. I did make the prediction 46 to 21 that Tennessee you, you would win. You were by two extra points. And the score was 45 to 20. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yay. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, it's we can't be cheering when you correctly predicted that we'd be Hey, but I, I, I should have bet something, you know, yeah. a point off here and there. I would have got something. You would have gotten something. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, I got to say, I can't stand Rocky Top anymore. No. That, that song. They play it every, like, every first down, every touchdown, every field goal. Yeah. They love that song over in Knoxville. I'm sure it gets annoying real quick, fast, and hurry. It does. And uh, it's all in good fun. Everyone there was was actually surprisingly pretty nice. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. I guess (laughs) maybe. I don't know why I thought they would be meaner, but they they were Meaner? I don't know. Is that a word? Uh, Meaner. Meaner. It's something. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, on the field was not as much fun. Right. On the field had probably the worst fourth quarter I've seen in a football game in a long, long I time. was not impressed. I, no. I can't say I was disappointed as I wasn't expecting something similar to that. But at the same time, I was uh, excited that there would be an opportunity, as they say, any given Saturday. Um, but when I did start watching the game, which was on national television of all places, um, I was – like whiskey tangle foxtrot. I was like, "What is really going on here, Shane? You got to change something up, because whatever they were trying to do just wasn't working." And what they were trying to do was, we make it all. We finally we score, we score in the first drive. We finally make it. Or uh, never mind, we don't score in the first drive. I'm I'm mixing up. We make it all the way down in the red zone on the first drive. We're getting there, and we throw a pick in the end zone. Yep. And we were on the one yard line. 
And not only did we throw a pick in the end zone, you know who threw the pick? Who threw the pick? Our defensive end. Yeah, I saw that. And Beamer came out afterwards, and of course he's going to defend his play calling. Of course, as he should. As he, yeah, as he should. And I don't want to hear my coach say, like, oh, I, that was a terrible play call. But I don't know how he could possibly back that up after what we saw and what we witnessed. He throws it just directly to the other team. And you think about it, it's like, maybe because he's a defensive end. And he's not a quarterback. <laughs> or not even a running back. Not no, a wide receiver. He doesn't touch the ball. He doesn't ever touch the ball, unless yeah. he's stripping it out of the quarterback. Yeah, so I'm not sure exactly why he had the, the ball in his hand in the first place. I mean, um, the only thing we could do was trick plays, apparently, or at least attempt to do that, because everything else was not working. But he wasn't the dude who should have had the ball at that time. No, he definitely was not the dude to have the ball at the time, and... When you look at a stat line, you go on ESPN, you look at a stat line, and you see four players pass the football. Four players pass the football. That is not a strategy for success. You know what I want to tell you? What's that? Didn't you say last weekend, because somebody's obviously listening to this show, that if Dottie isn't, uh, you know, yeah. pulling the punches like he's supposed to in order to score, we got to be a little diverse and pass the uh, I know. The, 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 the cup around, and that's what they did, and guess and it, what happened? And it, it, it worked on the punting play. Mm-hmm. The punter had a beautiful pass. That was actually the best play yeah. in the game. Yeah, because that was from uh, my, my buddy Allie, uh, your, your everyday grocery store Kroger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going on that <laughs> one. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But the, like, I did say we need more people throwing the ball. But I meant quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I know. I we need more quarterbacks throwing the ball. Well, maybe Kroger is actually a quarterback in, in the waiting. because he was the best one on the field that day. Yeah, he's got 100% uh, uh, passing percentage. With a touchdown. Yes, he is. Uh, he had a hell of a, hell of a QBR. Josh Josh Vance throwing the ball for six yards. I don't, yeah. know, I don't even remember that play or why it happened. I don't know why that's happening. And what is up with our running game? There isn't one. Zero. Zip. Again, it talks. We, we got to refer back to the Georgia game, how their offensive line or defensive line was so much bigger. You know, Tennessee, there's an SEC team, mm-hmm. and they are very good at recruiting, and they are not a bad team whatsoever. You know, they're 16th, I believe, in the nation right now. So, I mean, we really can't uh, we can't doubt uh, their capabilities of protecting against the run. Because we can't protect against uh, their anything, to be honest with you. we If we're going to run the ball, guess what we have to have? We have to have offensive linemen in order to run the ball. And not to say we don't. We got some big fellas that would you know be any great high school football team. But with that being said, we don't have the, uh, the tonnage. We don't have the challenge of the chunk on that line as other SEC teams do. Now, I'm not saying Vanderbilt is like that, but Tennessee obviously is bigger than us on the line, and if we can't uh, block for our running back, then he's not going to get any yards. We may have some great running backs in a different program, but in this program, no running backs are, are, are shining whatsoever. And that's a real disappointment for this team. Coming into this team, we knew that we had Kevin Harris and Marshawn Lloyd now coming in. And then game one, we get uh, we get White coming in, rushing yeah. for 121 yards. Yeah. And then we have, against ECU, we have Juju McDowell that comes in and runs and runs all over the field. And then we're thinking, hey, maybe we have four good running backs. Mm-hmm. And then we get and we play some real teams. SEC. 
and we might not have any running back. None. None whatsoever. It's all who, 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 who's your competition? You Usually, let me tell you something, I'm an old dude, but I can play some hoop. And if I'm playing somebody bad, my game is bad. But if I'm playing somebody as good as I am or better, mm-hmm. uh, my game steps up. Yeah. Gamecocks aren't doing that. You know, they, they, no, they're playing like they are playing an ECU. Actually, or absolutely. A, uh, or Troy or uh, Eastern Illinois. They're stuck in the mud for some reason. They are. And I don't know if it's – it seems like they're getting enough motivation through each other and through the coaches. Mm-hmm. The coaching staff seems really well. It just – isn't translating to on the field. Right. It's almost like a false motivation Mm -hmm. Um, because Beamer does bring an atmosphere of excitement and energy that this team needed. But then again, like he said before, uh, Georgia had tons and tons of five stars and four stars that if he was in charge of Georgia, they'd be doing the same thing because they have the – the power, they have the chunk, they have the weight, the talent, the abilities in order to make plays happen. Here we don't have that right in, right now, so fans out there in Gamecock Nation, don't be disappointed. The The atmosphere is positive. The atmosphere is wanting to win, but if you don't have the talent on the field to win, you're just not going to win no matter who talks to you about what, when, where, and how. It's just not going to happen. So just stay patient. Mm-hmm. We may win a game or two. May because we got Vanderbilt coming up and we also have Missouri on our schedule. Um, don't get your hopes up. Don't be disappointed if we're uh, three and nine or four and eight. Uh, just just look forward to the future. Yeah, and that's a great point because I feel like once the Shane Beamer hire happened, we saw the energy that he brings, the mm-hmm. positive energy, and then we saw all the dogs that he got from the transfer portal. Yeah, and we saw their star rating and we were like yeah it won't matter right where then you come to these games and it does matter Mm -hmm. these guys are are outmatched in a lot of ways and it's not their fault it's just you know it's how the programs are built and i feel like that gave gamecock nation a lot of hope because this guy like because we uh, i feel like the atmosphere around campus has been very positive Mm -hmm. since last year and the firing of will muschamp who was pretty much like the devil here yeah. on campus. Yeah. And once that happens, we give ourselves too much expectations. And then when we have a year zero where we win four games or three games, that's just how it, we have to not let that discourage us from going to the games yeah. and supporting this team. You know, I really, we all had, just as you previously mentioned, had expectations mm-hmm. as false as they have turned out to be. There was always hope that there was a diamond in the rough, that these transfer guys. I haven't heard anything about the cat from Georgia Tech. What has he done? I don't know. I haven't heard much about him whatsoever. I've I, I've heard Jenkins. And we talked a lot about yes. Debo Williams. Yeah, and there's nothing and happening got nothing from him either. Um, you know, uh, Jenkins had a couple catches. Uh, when you uh, you brought up receiving, yeah, who was our leading receiver against Tennessee? I'll... Shoot, I don't know. It was Peyton McGrum. Who's who caught? The uh, the fake field, the fake punt, yeah. and caught it for a touchdown. That one pass, that one play, was our leading receiver, and had the only touchdown on the receiving. Yeah. So, I these guys are not stepping up where they need to, and I don't know why we're not seeing the guy from Georgia Tech, EJ Jenkins, not out there. Like, give them a shot at least. You know, because when you put, how many games are we gonna have where? Our leading receiver has four catches for 40 yards, and that's it. 
It's demoralizing. I'm going to tell you something. When you're on a losing team, yeah. yeah, I mean, these these cats, they, they have the motivation. They have the desire. But men, they have a mental block because, it, let me tell you, it really doesn't matter about your, your star number. If you are a two-star and you come into an SEC or Pac-12, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC team, you have the opportunity. You have a window of opportunity to show what you really have because these stars really don't mean anything once you get onto the All you need is an opportunity. So what I am so confused as to, you know, Gamecocks, football guys, you have a, a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. There are so many people that are standing by at high school football right now that want to take your place, and you have become complacent. Either you have lost your will to play right now because you're losing against SEC teams, you're losing against Kentuckys and, and Tennessees that are not great teams. I think UK is just on a great run. I think they're going to lose real quick, fast, and hurry. Um, and Vanderbilt is just um, will win, we'll, uh, I hope. Um, but I just think it's their lackadaisicalness, their mental, they got a mental block thinking that, you know, we can't win for some reason. No matter what I put in your head, I just can't win. They need to get over that. And you, it's it's bad enough where you can see it on the sideline. Yeah. When I was there, I had a good look. I was right behind their bench. Not right behind, but a little, like, 40 rows up from their bench. So I saw their bench and their attitude. And when they were down 28 nothing in the first quarter, these sidelines was dead silent. Yeah. Nobody wanted to be there. It was hot. It was noon. It was Saturday. They probably all wanted to go home. Yeah. So – that, and looking at that, I'm surprised enough that we made such, like we made good effort in the second half, and tr- almost came back from this, uh, or almost came close sure. to coming back. Yeah, uh, I mean, wh- who played in the second half? Was it the starters? All the starters, or did they actually? For Tennessee, I. No, I'm talking about for Gamecocks. Yeah, yeah, everyone was playing, and uh, we actually looked good in the second half. Yeah. The we were getting we were getting the ball going, and I just don't know why we can't. That happens. And why we can't do that? The only th- the, the only positive thing I have to say about this is that it is homecoming week. Thank goodness for that. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, Gamecock Nation, get out there on a daily basis here on campus. We have different kinds of events you can attend and get yourself hyped up for the game. They had something yesterday in regards to food tasting from a whole bunch of different countries. Come on out and, and enjoy yourself. We're in the Russell House and next to the field uh, over by Thomas Cooper. Come on out and, and support this cause. And build up to a game that Gamecock Nation really needs to win. And if it's not for the fans, their enthusiasm, filling up williams Bryce Stadium, these games wouldn't even be as close as they are. Just as Shane Beamer says, we need you out there. So build up the momentum for the week. Get yourself a shirt, a sticker, whatever it is. Tailgate like you've never tailgated before. Because if we plan on winning any more games this year, this is the game, this is the opportunity we have to motivate ourselves to win another game after this because Vanderbilt is is horrible. They are really horrible. And we are not horrible. We're horrible. We're not really that bad. So get out there. Fill them stands up. Uh, if you have any players, uh, give them high fives. Tell them everybody's behind them no matter what how the season's gone so far And because we need an SEC win and and badly and, and unless we're going to go 3-9. I don't, I don't see it. 4-8, 5-7. But get out there. Support your team. And when you look at the schedule and you look at what we what else we have to play, the this might be our last this might be the last game we win in Carolina yeah. this this year. Hopefully I do think 
there is a legitimate chance we have to get a lot of crap together by then. But we have four weeks. Uh, hopefully, we can we can beat the Clemson Sucks. Yeah. Because I feel like that is honestly our next best bet besides Vanderbilt and Missouri, that we can beat Clemson, and that'll be at home, and that'll be of course that'll have the best atmosphere out of any game of the season. But we need to pack these stands in va- this week to see our Gamecocks win at home. Absolutely. It, the the If fans don't understand, say you're going out to play a football game and there's nobody in the fans and no one in the stands and you're just playing for yourself, yeah, you're still going to go out and play. It's just like the NBA and the NFL last year playing in COVID. Mm-hmm. Even LeBron, I, I play for the fans. I get pumped up yeah. by the fans. And if we're not out there – then they're not going to get pumped up and excited at the beginning of the game. You know, all the sandstorm going, cocky jumping out the net. You know, everybody's there. We still have ESPN. We still got SEC Network there. Why not go out there and and support? Even if you just want to tailgate, have a great time. Have a great time at the field. I mean, uh, it's free for the student section. Mm-hmm. You know, or if there's you no want, there's no reason not to go. There's no reason. What do you got to do Saturday night other than? tailgate somewhere else and where are all your friends gonna be yeah you can go oh, you're hanging out with your friends your friends are gonna be at the game that's right walk like, on over there who yeah. cares man and, and if you tailgate right you get free everything at every place yeah, you go yeah. yeah yes exactly uh, and no matter how much fun you should have been having yeah uh outside of the game you can definitely do it inside of the game. absolutely well, just so. go and and support because this team really needs you and speaking of vanderbilt they they are not a very good team they're i think they're winless in sec play as well um, they didn't even win all their non-conference games, I don't think. No, they lost to Eastern Tennessee State. A- Eastern Tennessee by State. By 20. That was their warm-up game, and they lost. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is a game you want to go to. This is gonna, it should be a relatively Eastern Carolina or, or Eastern Illinois-type game where we should come out, do well. I'm not saying we're going to blank uh, uh, Vanderbilt, but I think we have enough power and enough passion to get back on our feet and with Sandstorm rolling, all the fans need to be in the seats or on their feet, uh, shaking that towel like none other. Because unless you want to go three and nine, that's what's gonna, you need to be there. Well, I got. I'm looking at the Vanderbilt schedule of what they've played so far. If they do not beat Vanderbilt by twenty, this is a disappointment. Look now, come on now, Troy. I Vanderbilt could probably beat Troy. I don't think they can. You don't think so? They lost to Eastern T- Tennessee State by 20. Mm. They beat mm. Colorado State, one of their two wins, by three. Mm. And they beat UConn, mm-hmm. who hasn't won a game in like two, three, four years, <laughs> by two points. Oh, this goodness. is an SEC team beating yeah. UConn by two. All right. We have to win then by at least 14. I won't do 20, but if we don't win by two touchdowns, yeah. there is issues here. This and should- if we lose... There is major red flags across this. Yes, I, I, I don't think we'll, we cannot talk about football for at least a week. Uh, next Wednesday, if Vanderbilt does not lose, if the Gamecock Nation does not get 250 yards plus passing, 100 yards rushing, uh, maybe 150 <laughs> yards rushing, um, some good sacks, maybe some interceptions because our defense is off the chain. Um, we don't have the injuries um, that some people do. Now, don't, not saying we don't. We do have injuries, but they're not exactly key injuries. Yeah. It's like it's not like our running backs are out and our quarterback, and we're and we're dealing with a, with our third string quarterback or pulling some guy off of a, uh, the instruction squad. No, it's not like that at all. We have the cast members in order to be successful. So again, 
if we're not out there, if we are not supporting our Gamecock Nation, then they're not going to do it. They need the energy. They, we need to win in order to go into next week's game. Who do we play next week after Vanderbilt? After Vanderbilt, we go into Texas A&M. Oh, Jiminy Christmas, who had a who, great game. Yes, who, speaking of uh, college football, was just beat number one Alabama. Well, let me ask you something about that, though. Okay. How many games in the SEC had A&M won? How many have they won prior to Alabama? Prior to Alabama. I know the answer. They, yeah, they won zero. They were 0-2. Yeah. So there is light at the end of the tunnel, ladies and gentlemen. That was a David versus Goliath game. In College Station, Alabama came in there knowing that this is going to be an easy cakewalk game. Mm-hmm. You could see it on their faces. Uh, and and I was totally surprised in the first half. And I really thought that uh, Alabama was going to pull it off at the end. But... Uh, it, it, it was a, it was a great game, and I'm glad I got to watch that. And it, and Gamecock Nation needs to take that into consideration when we face Florida's and and Alabama, uh, not Alabama, Clemson and Auburn uh, through the rest of the season. Any given Saturday, November sixth. Are you saying that maybe a ranked Florida team could come down into Williams? Come Price on now. <laughs> no, no, no! I'm you not know, saying. I, I turn around and I go, if we don't win by two touchdowns against Vanderbilt, the sky is falling. And then two seconds later, I go, maybe we can beat Florida. You know, <laughs> like I said, Price. any hey, well, well, with with Texas A&M's performance, which was off the chain, go Aggies. Um, it that just proves anything can happen. If you show up to the game, do your job, people. Do your job. If you're supposed to block a runner, block your runner. That's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. If you got to run a route, run a route to the best of your ability. If you do it to the best of your ability and do everything you can, 100 percent on every single play, you will be open. Unless you're telling your de- your defensive back what play you're doing because he does not know. Do something, man. Do your job. Do it to the best that you can. Give 110% every play, and you will be successful no matter what. I promise you. I don't care if your lineman you're going against is 450 pounds and you're 200. If you do your job, get in his way, and cut his legs out or something, find some way to stop him, poke his eyeballs, I don't care what you do, do your job, we will be successful. Yeah, we got to throw everything at anything that sticks at the wall. And what I think I'm most disappointed about so far this season is that we haven't, I feel like we haven't been trying a lot of things new. Like, I guess this week we tried all the trick plays. Sure. Um, It's like we knew we weren't going to win anyway, so let's just give it a try. Yeah. But, and I I like that. I I like the trying something, but let's get some receivers out there, like we talked about earlier. Let's get some, uh, some new, some new blood in there. Some to, some juice some people up. Yeah. Because you know those guys are sitting on the sidelines like, When's my chance? Yeah. I'm coming Why in. Why can't I play? Yeah. Like, if these guys aren't going to perform anyways, or perform to the best of the, like, to what we expect them to perform to, then why can't I try? So, right. that's honestly where it, bot- where it bottles down to, is yeah. that it's uh, a little frustrating. But, not right. frustrating, it's disappointing. It is disappointing. It's heartache. I, uh, when you tell people around the country, you're at University of South Carolina Gamecocks, what are they? Oh, you guys, the little chickens are losing. I mean, everybody knows about the SEC, and whenever they think of it, they think of, Clint, uh, of Alabama. They think of, like, LSUs. They, they think of Texas A&M's, you know, big teams, Georgia. 
USC never comes into that conversation. And why is that? Because we don't play. We're just not there. We're not showing up. No matter who the coach is, Muschamp dealt with what he had to deal with. And we are repeating the same thing. And unfortunately, it seems as though we are doing the same thing on a field as we did last season. As you mentioned, why don't we try something new? Why is, why is it that we can't pass the ball more? Why can't we do rollouts and do some bootlegs? Why, why, why can't we do some flea flickers or, <clears throat> excuse me, or, or some option left, option right? Why we got to go right up through the, through the middle where there's 400-pound dudes getting ready to jump on our 120-pound running back? You know, do something different, my bro. Something's got to change in order for the atmosphere to change and the culture to change because the culture here is losing recently. Let's change that and and not reflect what Frank Beamer's base basketball team was last year. It's me, me, me. I got to get my numbers. And so you don't win. Lackadaisicalness is contagious from basketball to football. It needs a change. It does. It does need a change. You, uh... You want to take a second, take a sip of water? No, I'm good. I'm good all day, every day. <laughs> the, uh, I agree. But in a way of changing culture, to be fair, Shane has not had a whole year to recruit like other coaches has. Sure. His program hasn't been in place. Mm-hmm. But the time is 6.50, and uh, this could be the start of a winning culture. Uh, I'm going to bring in Mr. Riley Hudson, our producer. Riley. How's it going? Give me some good news, please, about uh, Oscar Unfortunately, in here, I'm uh, still patiently waiting. All right. Well, while you're waiting, let's give you some facts about him. There you go. Oscar Delp, he is from Georgia, so not that's not a good look. But his mother graduated from USC, and he is a four-star tight end, the, the second highest tight end graded in this high school class. It's between us and Georgia, and technically Michigan and Clemsucks. But it's really just us and Georgia – we will keep Riley keep us updated. Yeah, but uh, going into commercial break right now. I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> well, let me see. Oscar Delp's college decision is coming late today afternoon, and South Carolina tight end Nick Muse is fully aware. As Muse wrapped up an interview with the reporters Tuesday, the fifth-year center made a final cut call out to the four-star prospect. Come on, Nick, do what you got to do. Out of West Forsyth High School in Georgia. And he actually said, Oscar Delp, please join us, Muse said. He, st- he stepped away from, from something. Delp announced his final four schools. Ladies and gentlemen, South Carolina is one of them. Georgia, Clem Sucks, and Michigan. The number three tight end in the 247 composite and number nine player out of the state of Georgia. Delp will be making his decision in high school in his high school cafeteria at 6.53 minutes ago, as, as our producer said. And Delp's decision will be televised. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not excited uh, about this decision, I don't know uh, who who is because this young man could not be a savior, but he could be somebody we need to help turn this program around. Well, and you look at Shane Beamer has mentioned that he wants to keep using the tight ends more. He uh, and which is another reason why I don't know why Kelvin ben, or EJ Jenkins is not out there, but. Anyways, uh, and then you look at our stat lines, and you have a lot of players with one, two, four catches a game. So maybe this could be a guy that could be a good safety net for whatever quarterback plays next year, um, or you know, Doty, and he could be a, a, a weapon for us to use. Yeah, and be an extra oomph in this offense that this thing needed. So 
it would be an amazing get. It would be Shane's first big, big name that he landed. And if he beats over Georgia and Clemson, who's had these successful programs that we've been talking about, unlike ours, sadly, but successful programs that we've been talking about that have the recruiting masterminds that have been doing it this whole time. We lose players to Georgia every, every year. We lose players to Clemson every year. And even Michigan, another Big Ten, it's a Big Ten school. It's a, it's a huge school and had a, has a history, his, his, historic football franchise and recruiting and mm-hmm. winning and all that. Yeah. So this would be a huge get for the Gamecocks. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get in some, some good news later in the episode before we wrap up. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I'm looking at his little uh, tweeter, Twitter thing, and uh, it was 25 minutes ago that he's expected to pack house here for the college decision on ABC and NBC. Um, you can watch it live at 645, which was 10 minutes ago. What's really going on? Um, so I'm confused. But he's scared to tell the people in Georgia he wants to come. Well, to it's anticipation. It's what, it's what happens, bro. It's just what happens. But hey, I'm really looking forward to this uh, um, <clears throat> this Vanderbilt thing going on. Um, in other news, I just have to quickly say that Jackie Brown Jr. from the Milwaukee Brewers and were in the National League Division Series uh, last night, I think it was, where they fell to Atlanta Braves in four games. He played in 134 games this season and had 14 doubles, three triples, six home runs, and 29 RBIs to go with seven solo bases. I'm 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 not thoroughly impressed with his output this year. But they almost made it, and and we'll we'll put a shout out to Jackie Bradley Jr., our own Gamecock alumni, that he did what he needed to do and helped assist his uh, his team, and almost almost did what he needed to do. You know, speaking of talking baseball, uh, he did leave the Red Sox, yeah. who are now in the ALS he championship did. game. So the Looking like a bad move for our guy, Jackie Bradley. Yeah. I always love Jackie Bradley, especially being a Red Sox fan and a Gamecock fan. But could have been a could have been a crucial mistake. It could have. It, it definitely well could have. Guess what? Uh, Nancy Wilson um, was a Hall of Fame uh, for the women's basketball team. It was announced today. They did a profile on her. That's so cool. Um, what else we got going on, ladies and gentlemen? Let's, uh, I know the cross country is playing. Or running, I should say. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, Gamecock Cross, cross Country uh, is visiting Greenville for Pirate Invitational, which is really cool because they're doing so well. Uh, some some of them are winning. And uh, the women's cross country team faces its, its final regular season race of the year, 4 p.m. on Friday, at the Pirate Invitational at the campus of East Carolina. Uh, we just beat you, Pirates. Mm-hmm. We're going to beat you again. The 6K race will be the final chance for the Gamecocks to tune up in a competitive uh, space before the SEC championship. And Hannah Twine uh, is our superstar, along with Lily Weeks, Katarina Hendricks, Kira Jenkins, and Claudia Satsky. If I mess that up, I do apologize. But then again, everybody out there in Gamecock Nation, you can follow along with the updates on Twitter at Gamecock Track. A full recap will be posted on Twitter, Facebook, and GamecocksOnline.com. Don't miss it. All right. Sadly, we got to wrap up the show. Uh, Riley, if it if it gets announced, cut me off while I'm doing my. It's been announced, Brady. Oh. No. Yep. No. In a bad way. Uh, yeah, he... Big news out of uh, Fort Sox, Georgia. Uh, Oscar Delp <clears throat> is going to be a bulldog, right? A Georgia bulldog. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought. Dang it. 
Hey, All right. Yeah, we, we could always try and Hey, at least, our, at least our name's in the ring. Yeah, you know. Our it, ad is in the ring. I like to see us getting some, uh, some bigger names out there. Thank you, Riley, for updating us. Last minute. That's awesome. Sad, sad news to end on. But we got to do what we got to do. We got to do what we got to do. Yeah. Um, better luck next time. Yep. Definitely better luck next time. All right. That does it for the show. The music for the show is called No Time to Lose by Morning Light Music. The countdown is a production by WSC News and produced by myself, Jay Weaver, and Riley Hudson. Riley. If you like what you hear and want to check out other WSC News podcasts, head over to GarmetMediaGroup.org or any other podcast streaming services. Don't call me Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Or follow us on Instagram at USC The Countdown. We need we need some fancy on here. We need to know what to post. Yeah. I, I don't know what to post for this. I, 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 I want to do like countdowns for this. I want to send out uh, polls. I want to do yeah. like, submitting questions. You, you know what's horrible is I, I, I recruit all the time. But my gosh dang, professors won't even listen. We got some problems. We definitely have some Come problems. Come on, we're not a bad show. Yeah, honestly. Tell, remember, tell all of your friends everything. Email us at thecountdownwsc at gmail.com. Yep. Email. We, we're still waiting on that ten dollars or sitting there. Yeah, I know it. You might you might have eaten that sandwich already. Yeah. That does it for the week. I'm Brady Fitzgerald. I'm G Money Dog, homie bro J Dog. The countdown ends in three, two, one.